Happy birthday to the United States Air Force. September 18th marks 75 years of the Air Force and the Air National Guard. Great Falls is home to both. We're diving into the history on this episode of We're No Damn Experts. Best damn podcast, the best damn town. You want to get up, get ready to get down. Welcome to the greatest damn town in Montana, Great Falls. I'm Rebecca Ingham. I'm Shannon Newth. And, and we're, we're no, no damn, damn experts. experts. And Shannon. Yes. Will you yes, introduce Rebecca. our guest for today? Yes. Oh, no, no other, no other comments from you no. before I'm we I'm going to say that. no. Okay. It's too late in the day. <laughs> it's late. Wednesday afternoon, getting the day going. Yes. Uh, day going. See, my brain's gone too. Ooh. All right. <laughs> Anyway, let's get to our guest. <laughs> In studio with us, we have Troy Hallsell, PhD. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You didn't know that, did you? No. Learning things already. I think already. I might have heard that. It... <laughs> so we'll get into that. Okay. But... <laughs> she has other stories. PhD. Rumors. PhD. Doctor of history. Well, that's not probably not the accurate thing, but historian uh, for Malmstrom Air Force Base, the 341st Missile Wing. Hello, Troy. Thanks for being here. Hello. Should we call so, you Dr. Troy? Did, did you, <laughs> no, you just call me Troy. Dr. Halsell. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> like Dr. Troy. So that's your actual job as historian at Malmstrom? Yes. So I am. So, Are so you active military? No, civilian. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm like, that's oh, an interesting military job. But they used to is. be. They, yeah. So my position used to be a uniform position way back when. Okay. Um, but as I understand it, um, probably the last 10 years, they turned all of those, uh, we call them billets, but job positions from uniformed to civilian. And I surmise that it's because, you know, uniformed folks, they, they change duty assignments, right? They go from mm-hmm. base oh, to yeah. base to base. And if the... It's not like in my, this is what your job is, but like it's my job to create the institutional memory mm. of the 341st Missile Wing. Holy crap, and that's you, a big order. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. yes, it is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's still easy and fun, though, so I don't really mind. <laughs> well, that's good. Well, we had Christy Scott on the mm-hmm. podcast, mm-hmm. and she runs the History Museum for all of you who aren't paying attention to what our episodes are. And we really shared or acknowledge that she could come on the podcast at least once a month for the rest of her life and mm-hmm. share a different story about this area. It's got to be the same about the 341st. Um, yeah, so it's actually interesting. So for me, what I end up, what I find myself actually doing kind of a regular basis is that like the history of the wing and the base are not necessarily the same thing. And in fact, hmm. they don't actually meet up until the early 60s. Oh, so it's because it wasn't the 341st. I'm pretending like I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> it was because it was the Great we do Falls that well. Ar- Army Air Base. Army something. Prior to, you'll get into it. We'll talk. You, you continue <laughs> that, with your story. That's a great story. segue. That's a great segue. So, so Why we'll, don't you yeah, take so. over? Because we clearly have mm-hmm. no clue what we're talking about. So so, so the, the military uh, first uh, gets its kind of modern day presence that we have mm-hmm. with us today uh, during World War II. Um, and so in the early 40s, um, 
boosters, you know, your chamber of commerce folks mm-hmm. and stuff okay, like that. Yep. Start lobbying the Army Air Forces at the so that's you know the precursor to the United States Air Force. See Army Air Force, I got mm-hmm. that term right. <laughs> Don't pat yourself on the back too quickly. Come yeah. on. But they started lobbying the, the Army Air Forces to to bring a military base here to to Great Falls, Montana, and the the big reason was is that the depression is still going on, right? Mm-hmm. So like the depression hit. You know, Montana in the 20s, long before it hit the rest of the nation. So, like, a lot of the agricultural communities started filling that long before Ah. your industrial centers in New York or in stockyards in Chicago and stuff like that. Sucky thing to be first in, but Mm -hmm. we'll take it. Go us. Yeah. (laughs) So, so they, so they, so they're they're asking, hey, can you bring a presence here? And so there's a lot of back and forth and there's lobbying, get all your senators and your congressmen involved, that kind of stuff. And lo and behold, the Army Air Forces goes, okay, fine, we'll we'll do that. We're going to put one base. Up on Gore Hill by the municipal airport, mm-hmm. right? And then another base, which became later, which is now Malmstrom, it was, I think at the time it was like six, six, seven, eight, nine miles east of basically the city, the city line. Um, and so they got to building all. In fact, the story that I've, I've kind of heard snippets of is that that area was kind of a hotbed for prohibition booze running. Oh, yeah. That's and so not they surprising. kind of dropped yeah. a base on top of it to try to squash. Disperse some of that. Some that of makes that. a little sense. Uh-huh. And when you were saying six to seven miles east of Great Falls, I'm like, so they moved it? And then I'm like, oh. Like, no, the no. original, Great original Falls. Great Falls. <laughs> Great Falls, Great Falls expanded to the east. Then. Yes. God. But every, go about much. every four years, I just kind of picked it up <laughs> yeah, and moved it back it. 60 feet. Yeah, yeah we got to get a little further out of town. Yeah. Yeah, 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 Easy yeah. to do. Pick <laughs> up a whole base. Why initially were there, why did they kind of bookend the sides of towns versus yeah. just create one location? That part is completely unclear to me. Okay. I think part of it was that they had to build the, the, what you know, Malmstrom Air Force Base. Mm-hmm. So, like, they literally had to build it from nothing. Oh. Um, and so it took a, it took, I think it's something like 2,500 workers working 24 hours a day, almost an entire year, to build the most basic of infrastructure. Mm. So, like, four runways, um, you know, your barracks, chapel, there's a, you know, so some MWR, some morale, uh, welfare resources, stuff like okay. that. Um, it just takes time. Yeah. And, and so, but there was already an airport up here, right? And yeah. So that, that had already been in existence. And so I was like, well, we can use that. We'll build this. And then what ended up happening over time, there were two different missions here. Yeah. There was a B-17 bomber training mission mm-hmm. on base there for about a year. Um, and then once that stopped being a thing there, and I, I have no clue why, mm-hmm. um, the 7th Fairing Group that was moving something like, I, I got the numbers here written down, you know, five, 6,000 aircraft from Great Falls up to Fairbanks. Yeah. It started work up there and then slowly shifted over here uh, to the base, um, which that makes sense because you just needed so much space. Like you, you yeah. got photographs from back in the, the mid-40s of just like you'd have 30 or 40 you know, P-39 fighter planes just in a hangar <laughs> ready to get checked out so we could fly them up to Fairbanks and give them to the Soviets so they can go kill Germans. Yeah. Wow. Still so weird to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so was the B-17 training mission the mm-hmm. first mission at the land that Malmstrom occupies, <laughs> the Great Falls Un- unless Army you ca- Air Force Base, unless you count the actual building of which, because the Army Corps of Engineers built the base. Oh, okay. So, so, so technically, yes, right. So, okay. it would have been okay. the first kind of oper- what we call an operational mission at the base was that B seventeen training mission. Okay, and that was in World War Two era. Okay, correct. Gotcha. So, so at that point in time, you had four different bomber groups. Mm-hmm. Um, 
filtered through there, and they were usually there for I think about three months, and then then they all ended up in either North Africa, Italy, or flying missions out of the United Kingdom, um, basically for the duration of the war until uh, Victor in Europe Day. Okay, which I can't oh. remember what that is. <laughs> so hey, that's all right. I mean, yeah. you're only a doctor, yes, right. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Troy. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, okay, so for for those who don't know. Let's kind of go to present day yeah. right now, and then we'll go back mm-hmm. again. So Great Falls is uh, a big military town mm-hmm. because of what we just mm-hmm. talked about. And we still currently have those two locations, mm-hmm. one up at the airport on Gore Hill mm-hmm. and the east side of Great Falls. So there is what is now Malmstrom Air Force mm-hmm. Base and then the Montana Air National Guard. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> what are, and, and the Guard is the one that currently has the flying mission. Mm-hmm. Yes, Malmstrom has the helicopter thing. You ha- you can't negate. I can't not say flying mission. Right. Okay. So they the both have flying missions. Okay. The Montana Air National Guard has plane flying <laughs> <laughs> mission, which is currently the C 130s, mm-hmm. and that's yep. transitioned over the years from the F 16s mm-hmm. to the F 15s and out to the cargo planes. Um, but Malmstrom, I think a lot of people think Air Force. Well, of course, there is a plane flying mission, right. but that's not the case here. So what 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 uh, is Malmstrom's current mission? Uh, mm. So current mission is uh, the Minuteman Three Intercontinental Ballistic Missile, okay. right? So um, we have, and we, both the base and Montana, um, have 150 launch facilities scattered around um, Ooh, uh, central Montana. I didn't Montana. realize there was that many. Yeah. I thought there was like 10. Well, <laughs> but, and, and there was 50 more up until yeah. um, basically the, the, the late 90s when the Cold War sure. ended. Um, and so basically our job is to maintain, uh, man, operate, uh, launch if necessary, mm-hmm. um, those, those missiles at whomever the, the bad guys are of mm-hmm. the day. Mm-hmm. And so, as much detail as I can Yes. <laughs> the rest is we classified. We want more deeper details. <laughs> like, Give us um, the secrets. No, mm-hmm. please don't. I don't want to be um, responsible <laughs> for that. <laughs> no. And I won't remember, so yeah. I'm fine. <laughs> But a couple, not a couple years ago, probably 10, 15 years ago, um, things started to get weirder in the nation. And my <laughs> parents, I believe my dad was like, well, I'm just glad we're here in Montana. We're safe here. And I just kind of looked at him. I'm like, hmm, I don't know much about military missions, but I will say this on record. <laughs> I believe if there is another world level war, mm-hmm. it is likely to be nuclear. And I think we would be the first people to get hit. <laughs> I would, if I were planning Either a we're war. really safe or really a big target. If I was the bad guy planning a war, <laughs> I would hit Montana first. That's where I would go. And my dad okay, looked at traitor. me and he's like, well, I'm not going to be planning a war. But my dad's like, you really think so? I'm like, do you know? There's a lot of nuclear <laughs> weapons around here. I would take them out. We do have a lot of them. So yeah. am I accurate in my assumptions? <laughs> well, so, 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 so like, I will uh, say. Like, I'm not going like, to even yeah. support yeah. this theory. We're going to change <laughs> topics completely. So, so, so I will say that a lot of anti-nuclear activists in the back in the late 70s and throughout the early 80s actually referred to the Great Plains as a nuclear sponge. And oh. the logic of, of both the building of these the, this weapon system and also kind of some other reasons, even though it wasn't primary, is that if the Soviet Union was going to launch its uh, more than likely its own ICBMs, it would actually try to take out ours mm-hmm. as well, right? And so back in the early 60s, I don't have the exact numbers because I, I did not write that down. He's but, referencing for the for for the listeners. He's referencing his own articles that right. he's so, written, yeah. like by his the way. own papers. This is his own publications. <laughs> yes, and so 
and so right so it's interesting so kind of go so i'll use that as an opportunity mm-hmm. to kind of talk about kind of why these missiles are here yeah um so so Malmstrom, or three, four, the 341st Missile Wing is, is known as Wing 1, so it's the first Minuteman Missile Wing. Oh. And the whole reason that happened was really because the engineers broke something, <laughs> and they had to retool <laughs> the Minuteman missile. So initially it was supposed to go to Vandenberg uh, Air Force, well, now ah. Space Force Base, but Air Force Base north of Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Um, but when they went to actually go test out the first Minuteman, there was some problem with the uh, in the first stage booster. So that's the, the, the initial booster that gets it, the Minuteman out of the ground. Okay. Right? And so what ended up happening is that that problem cut 2,000 miles off of its flying range. Oh, that so, seems like a lot. Eh, just, yeah. just, kind of <laughs> bit, just kind of it. And so it ended up not being enough to get the Minuteman over the North Pole to go oh. hit its target somewhere in the Soviet Union. And so... The Air Force goes, well, we could still use these if we move them up to Malmstrom Air Force Base in Montana. It, they were coming here anyway. It was mm-hmm. really more when they got here is what was different because I think our elevation is 3,500 feet. Mm-hmm. So in a sense, that already took care of the 2,000 feet. Oh. Yeah. right. And Strategic. then also 600-some-odd miles north of Los Angeles proper. So, uh-huh. so they're already closer to the North Pole to get them over. So it was just kind of that uh-huh. technological problem is how they ended up here as the first Minuteman missile wing. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I never really thought about why here beyond mm-hmm. just space yeah. to start with. Interesting. Well, and I had heard the term wing one, but mm-hmm. I yeah, didn't, I didn't know what that really know. meant. And I, I, yeah. and I only learned that one like a year and a half ago. I was like, why do we call it wing one? This doesn't make any sense. <laughs> you know, but <laughs> well, there it does. Now it, it does. It, it, yeah. there, is a, there is a historical <laughs> reason why that uh, why that is. Yeah. I've always assumed there's strategy behind everything that happens. But I well, also just the Air choose Force, yeah. not to ask many questions. <laughs> I mean, there's just an intimidation level when you're For out sure. on base visiting with people and you're like, we do this. And okay, I'm well, not going to ask have, anything further. Yeah. And I appreciate you're you're bringing the lingo mm-hmm. <laughs> and abbreviations down to our <laughs> civilian our level. level, too. Yes. Well, I'm well practiced. <laughs> yes, I bet. Well yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, so another, and I'm jumping all around. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all around here. Another um, surprise. Thing, I know. Shocking. Um, the ace in the hole, oh, as yes. it's called, mm-hmm. is just right down the road from us. Mm-hmm. What can, is that? Yeah. Can you tell us more about that history? I'm going to ruin everyone's day. Oh, dear. So, oh, no. So I actually had He's this like, com- I don't know it's anything about it. So I actually had this. So, so one of my favorite <laughs> things is that whenever there's someone having a conversation, the the, the, the biggest buzzkill historian can, historian can do is go, well, actually. <laughs> well, actually, that's not true. Yeah. So 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 the ace in the hole, right? So 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 we'll talk about the actual launch facility, okay. and then I'll talk about the whole ace in the hole bit. Okay. okay. So, so Alpha 6 mm-hmm. down south of Monarch. Right. Okay. <laughs> so that was the first. Is that one of the locations? Correct. Yeah. Yes. So, so Alpha, Alpha yeah. 6 okay. is it launch facility Alpha 6. Um, and so that's south of Monarch. So you okay. go zoom, zoom, basically between Monarch and Nyhart, mm-hmm. right? So that was the first that's pretty. one to come online during the Cuban Missile Crisis. Okay. And oh. It, and of course, the, <laughs> did, I mean, during that time period when they're, they're like, they're it's kind of, well, it's always you build the plane while you fly. It doesn't quite apply, but like, the Air Force is literally building the infrastructure yeah. for, this, for this weapon system as the Cuban Missile Crisis is happening. Oh, it's, so if it's the first, though, why Alpha? Why six? Are you getting to that? Is that not pertinent to the story? <laughs> it is not. Okay, it's just the Shut it's up. just the number. <laughs> actually, actually, I'm not entirely certain why because it's numbered so people can look on a map and go, "Oh, Alpha Six, I know where this is mm-hmm. at." But why Alpha Six why was six? brought on alert first, I actually do not know the answer. Okay. To that. Okay. I really don't. It could have just been a you know go hey uh, that one yeah you know it, it <laughs> this, could it could have been that the closest simple. to yeah. ready 
Yeah, okay. and that, that yeah. Very, it, usually the, the the simple practical answer is probably the answer. Mm-hmm. And so it's pure speculation on my on my on my part <laughs> here, but I, I think it was. He has enough background mm-hmm. knowledge to make that assumption yeah. valid. It's so. an educated guess. Now yes. for the ace in the hole, yes. and this is the thing that bursts everyone's bubble. Okay. Um, so, so the tenth missile squadron, their motto is ace, first ace in the hole, right? Mm-hmm. And and that's a pretty common phrase, you know, if you're you know playing cards, right? Full house, royal flush, yeah. whatever it might be, right? And it's that's a phrase that you use when you kind of have something up your sleeve. But again, a card mm-hmm. reference, right? To kind of put one all over on whoever you're up against. Yeah. Right? yeah. But it's also, but it's also a very, 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 very common phrase. Yes. And so, Uh-oh. kind of military beat <laughs> reporters back in the '60s were already referring to the Minuteman as the nation's ace in the hole long before oh. we even started building the infrastructure out here. And on top of that, too, um, that 10th Missile Squadron going, "Hey, we're the ace in the hole," because of the Cuban Missile Crisis is also incorrect because they'd submitted all their paperwork for their 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 patch yeah. and their mottos before the Cuban Missile Crisis. And and so oh. there was a historian that was here, and he worked with somebody at uh, U.S. Strategic Command at Offutt in Omaha, Nebraska, and they kind of chased down all of the myths in that, and they found no evidence that Kennedy used that phrase in relation to oh. the wing in, in the 10th Missile Squadron here. Okay, so we yeah. just kind of ran with it, because yep. isn't the sign? Yeah, yeah there's a sign oh, there's there's a sign says that says Ace in the Hole. In the hole. Yep. So I thought the, <laughs> what I thought you were going to say is there's nothing there, it's just a pretty spot, like... <laughs> It's not that actually is a just thing. a decoy for people. <laughs> well, the, the whole thing too with those launch facilities, right, is that once you see them and you know what they are, you cannot not see them mm-hmm. throughout the entire, you know, yeah, the the, the seven counties essentially around uh, yeah. Cascade. Yeah, you, you see them everywhere. So this is a silly question. If I'm not, if I'm from here or not from here, and I'm driving and I and I start seeing them, you know, I see mm-hmm. Alpha Six. How close can I get to it? When, I was just going to ask When will that. I get arrested <laughs> or shot? I, I, I don't have know, a but, follow-up but, story to that. So, oh, so, boy, okay. so I do not actually know, but I think that's a great experiment for you uh, to do on yeah. your weekends. Oh, your weekends not me. Off, we'll yeah. send one of our tourists out to do that. Just kidding. So there's a spot near the Utica area where mm-hmm. there is a where a missile lives it's not well <laughs> identified but that's a nice gravel yeah. road and then there's mm-hmm. an outhouse they usually aren't overly like like hey look at yeah. me mm-hmm. not a huge sign like yeah. ace in the uh-huh. hole is like <laughs> yeah. that's thinking there's nothing there yeah um but there is a blue room there um outside the fenced perimeter but it's yet behind a fence mm-hmm. and so we were out hunting and my husband says to me my loving current spouse says <laughs> You can use that to go to the bathroom. I'm oh like, no. I don't I don't think you can. He goes, No, they're put there for people to use. I'm like, I think they're put there for military personnel to use, not just for me to climb over a fence. That's your first indication. I have to climb a over a fence to go use this thing. I don't think it's just available. I don't think the military puts that out there just for just anyone like- to have have at it. For bathroom purposes. Anytime you see what we call concertina wire. <laughs> I, I would stay 30 to 40 feet away from it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it, it will ruin, at the minimum, the rest of your day. It yeah. is absolutely horrible. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, people will show up quickly. You may not know that there's people there. Mm-hmm. They are. There's always, there's someone, always there. Close. someone there. Always someone yeah. watching. They're close mm-hmm. in the vicinity, so mm-hmm. don't use the blue rooms next to the missile. I don't even so know what you're talking about. A portable outhouse? Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like blue room. <laughs> I get it now. That's a that's a term. I get right? it. Mm-hmm. I get it. The sure. portable. We'll oh, we'll see? 
Well, Dr. Troy hasn't heard of it either. There's a lot of things <laughs> I say people have never heard of before. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is true. Okay, so don't use the blue rooms or any, just don't go near them. No. Yeah. Unless you really want to test and then be a guest on our podcast and tell us what the experience was what like. What not to do. Yeah. yeah. You'd also end up in one of the Wings histories in which I chronicled the entire <laughs> event. By hey, the way. we'll yeah. give you some new stories. There you go. Yes. <laughs> it's been slow. Dog days of summer. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So that's um, the ace in the hole is more mm-hmm. just a myth. A myth. Yeah. Not, not, not that it's a thing because it's clearly named that, but yeah. kind of how that came to be. How that name came but, but, to be. But you're be. right, though, right? Is that once it's on a roadside sign, yeah. it is official. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it is. People cling place, to that. Like, I want to stop and take a picture. Mm-hmm. I was at the Ace in the Hole. Mm-hmm. Can you do that there? That, no. No, no, that's a, that's a Montana <laughs> DOT sign. Yeah. So th- that's a good half mile, probably, from when you actually get to Alpha, Alpha okay. 6. Yeah. So, so, so you go to pull over. It's you can get a picture with the yeah. sign. Well, my, that's good. My friend John Axline. He's I, th- I don't know if he's retired or not, but he's a historian for the Department of Transportation. Uh-huh. So he does. I don't know if he wrote that one specifically, but he works in a lot of those roadside marker. It's part of his job. Okay, so. I did not know mm-hmm. DOT had their own historian. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it's quite the same as what I do. I think he does a lot of cultural resource management uh, and kind of sure. the, all, okay. you know, all that stuff. Where yeah. we're going to build this, we got to make sure that it complies with X, Y, and Z, and yeah. stuff like that. I could be wrong. And he can you know, send y'all a nasty <laughs> email. Can, or he'll he send me a nasty can email. Cor- <laughs> correct. We'll you know, a correction. we say it on here, it becomes true, in fact. That's First all that matters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what I will name this episode. <laughs> Maybe I will, because then people will click on it. Yeah. 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 They'll get then to we'll know. Then we'll debunk mm-hmm. the myth. Yeah. yeah. Um, so at Malmstrom Air Force Base, there's a lot of planes on display. Mm-hmm. I tell people that all of those planes <laughs> at one point <laughs> were part of a mission out there. How erroneous <laughs> is that statement? It's at least half wrong. Oh, see, not bad. She sees that as half right. So. Exactly. <laughs> actually, actually, I'm not entirely certain. So, so Rob, he's a better one to ask that one because he 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 owns that 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 the air park. Um, my understanding is that that what we have on display there have been on the base at some point in time. Okay. Okay. Not necessarily connected to a mission. Well, I mean, if they if they were on base, then they would have been based out of here, and so th- that's Used probably all the capacity. connection you needed um, to mm, do that. Yeah, to put that up there. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I'd say mostly right. <laughs> <laughs> Just really clinging to that. Grasping at straws here. Yes. Yeah, yes. That's what I do. I've made my whole career out of it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we kind of jumped from mm-hmm. uh, World War II. To Cold War mm-hmm. era, obviously there's a there's a lot in between there. Not uh, really, <laughs> World War II to Cold War. Yeah, yeah right there. Um, so what uh, what growth? What what kind of happened with the base? There was a lot that um, I believe, if I'm remembering from my readings of your articles mm-hmm. correctly, that there was a lot that had to do with keeping economic development or growth happening that a lot mm. of people through some rough times were trying to keep keep the jobs and keep the base going and keep it here. Yes. So this is actually something that it's not unique to to Malmstrom Air Force mm-hmm. Base in Great Falls. So for better or for worse, any and you really see this at the, in the Cold War when mm-hmm. the DOD goes, hey, we're going to shut down 30% of our military installations, yeah. right? Because we don't need them anymore. And for real shutdown or just pretension? No, no, shut down. Okay. I mean, I mean, have y'all have y'all seen the Woodstock '99 documentary on Netflix Uh-oh. yet? No. no. So, so that actually that entire concert took place at a then shuttered after the Cold War Air Force Base oh. up in oh. I think North Central New York State. Oh. Um, and so you actually saw this all over the nation. Yeah. Um, and so 
what would you end up having with with military towns? And and I've been to enough of them that Great Falls doesn't have the feel of a military town. Hmm. To me, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Like no, like going, a lot of people are surprised we have yeah. an air base here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you spend any time at Fort Bragg, and you're like, oh no 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 no, I don't want this. But <laughs> but here, I mean. At least now, there's a level, I think, of diversification of the economy, mm-hmm. right, versus at the end of the 90s, because you had the, the, the Black Eagle smelter go down in the right. early 80s. So mm-hmm. I don't know exactly how big, how many people employed, but it was, I understand it was a major economic hit. Mm-hmm. Huge. That, yeah, mm-hmm. that, that the city and the county and then the ripple effects would, would pretty much felt all the way up in the 90s. So when the Cold War ends and the DOD goes, all right, let's start su- shutting stuff down. What do we not need? And then, you know make all these decisions, right, that you had, and this goes back to kind of city boosters, your chamber of commerce folks, but really mm-hmm. anybody who had any financial or economic stake in that base's existence yeah. mm-hmm. were really fighting to keep first priority the base open and the second priority, priority as many missions as possible because mm-hmm. so, in 1995, there was a flying mission out there. It was an air refueling wing, hmm. but it had already been downsized in 93. So by 95, the Air Force is like, all right, get it out of here. Go to Florida. <laughs> you know, and so in the span of about f- three, four years, I'm trying to think what are the numbers, you had at least 1,000 military and civilian jobs go somewhere else, hmm. right? Wow. And so even if your business doesn't directly make money from, like, like renovating dormitories mm-hmm. or doing asphalt work on the base, right, those 1,000 people spend money in town. Right, and so mm-hmm. the ripple effect. So, so there was a lot of fighting to keep as much of the base mission, a the base open, and the missions as many of the missions as possible for a lot of that economic reason. And because the smelter had shut down in the early '80s, right? This was I don't know enough about Great Falls during the '90s, but it wasn't you didn't have the diversification that that seemed to rebound that you do with a lot of the medical stuff here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was something when Ma- uh, Malmstrom Air Force Base accompanied something like. It was like 33 or 43% of the county's economy. <laughs> Show me a place that can survive that. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, that's mm-hmm. pretty yep. gnarly. Yeah. To go full nerd on you, we <laughs> received a lot of EDA funding to do a full diversification study mm-hmm. when that we used to have four missiles. Uh, three were alike. One was an oddball. And they shut down the one mm-hmm. oddball. And we had to look at what is this going to do? Mm-hmm. What can we bring in? What can we do to continue to keep the economy going? Because it's a it's a huge yeah. issue. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. That was a 564th missile squadron. Uh, basically kind of around Conrad in that area. Yeah. They called oh. it the odd squad because yeah. it was a different <laughs> it was a different weapons manufacturer that huh. made it at different communication systems. And it forced the base to kind of keep two different maintenance trainers and then also missile air trainer stuff. Mm-hmm. So it was just, it was kind of like we're burning money here, keeping this thing going. And there was going to be another downsizing in the nuclear weapons force anyways. So that was a pretty easy, just, all right, chop it off, you hmm. know, at least from the Air Forces sure. perspective. Huh. So, Troy, tell us the story about how it became Malmstrom Air Force Base, because it wasn't always Malmstrom no, Air Force it- Base. Well, maybe that's separate than the three forty first, obviously, but and you don't know. If 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 you don't know, I can tell you my story. <laughs> no, no, no. So, so I, I, I literally finished writing up a short little thing on, yes. on what happened with that. Um, and so, it's not the 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 most exciting of stories, but no. um, it was. It's pre- not really. No. <laughs> so so. But it's it, part of the history. It yes. Is. Um, and so so it's named the base is named after Colonel Einar Malmstrom. 
Um, and he was a four, 407th Strategic Fighter Wings Deputy Commander. Um, and so he, he had a pretty storied career, um, which you would have to to have a base named after you, right? right. Like, yeah, well, you you'd to... think you'd have to be some type of a big deal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and this actually gets back to the initial effort in 49 to try to come up with a name that wasn't Great Falls Air Force Base. Uh-huh. Is that all the names that came forward were essentially, they met some of the criteria, but they were, was a Corporal Donald Meager. He was a Great Falls High School graduate. He died at Hickam Airfield in Hawaii during Pearl Harbor. And so, during the attack on Pearl Harbor. So, a valorous action, but he was a corporal. He had two years, you know, in the Hmm. Army Air Forces. And so... So, so a lot of the names that came forward didn't have the length of a career to mm-hmm. make much of an impact on the institution that was the Army Air Forces or the Air Force once it became that. Uh-huh. Um, but Colonel Ma- I know Malmstrom did. So he died in 50, was it August of 54, um, just the other side of the airport. Hmm. And the, the investigators, what they suspect happened, he had a stroke or a heart attack while flying and, and crashes. Oh, yeah. So wow. he, he took off, I forget the exact time, he took off like at 8.41 in the morning and six minutes later his plane was in, in, in rubble. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And, and when they actually went and investigated the crash site, they could tell that there's no effort made to actually try to eject from the cockpit. Oh. So which leads them to believe that he had some sort of catastrophic uh, sure. medical event to where he was unable to do that. Yeah. Um, and so, but as that as that was happening, right, the paperwork had already been submitted by the wing to name it Auten Air Force Base after Brigadier General Jesse Auten. And so he was a, a he had a very similar career to INR Malmstrom. Uh, and he was at fighter jets, but he had no association with Great with Great Falls mm-hmm. and Great Falls Air Force Base at the time. And so when INR Malmstrom crashes and dies, everyone's like, whoa, 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 him, 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 him. Stop the paperwork. <laughs> that name. Refile it. Mm-hmm. It's going to be named after him. And that's mm-hmm. essentially what happened. Wow, so we were almost. What was the other one? Auten Air Force Base. Auten. Auten. If, I, if I'm saying it, it's A U T O N. Okay. I read it as Auten. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So so it was close <laughs> to that. So had Einar Malmstrom not died when he did or yeah. never got here, there, there well could be Auten, Auten. Uh, Air Force Base. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Isn't that cool? Uh, yeah. <laughs> There's a picture <laughs> of uh, whatever his classification is, Malmstrom. Mm-hmm. In the Malmstrom Air Force Base Museum, mm-hmm. so you get mm-hmm. to see what he looks like. And I think so that, that was, was cool. actually commissioned um, after his death as, as a bit of a memorial. Because mm-hmm. uh, I was going through newspapers and there was talks about the unveiling of the Malmstrom portrait. And then his wife got a, a much small because it's a really big portrait, right? So it's got like big. a half-size one that she mm-hmm. take, take home and put on her wall. Okay. And, and I think it was in Indianapolis. Um, oh, can you imagine that conversation? <laughs> like, oh, that's a nice one. It's a little too big. Yeah, do you do some smaller, do smaller for me? one for my, my home? Ass? Yeah, <laughs> I don't want his his it figure that big. Be a life size figure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so speaking of, there is uh, a museum mm-hmm. on Malmstrom Air Force Base that the public can mm-hmm. go and see. What all can people learn when they go to that museum? So, uh, so you have the air park. Um, and so there are display aircraft that I believe have been <laughs> had a mission there. Um, something to do with the base. They've all been at Malmstrom Air Force Base <laughs> at some point. Again, you have to ask Rob because he will yell at me if he hears this. Don't ask Rebecca. Um, and um, and actually, just this past th- this summer, I think three of those uh, displays were repainted. So the two Minutemen. Oh. And then the big uh, air refueling tanker, just the, the big massive aircraft, got a new paint job, so that should look really oh. good. Oh. Um, and and then inside the museum, there's a, there's a bunch of different stuff. So 
you have a a big massive uh, model airplane airplane collection, and the other half of it is at the airport. Up, oh, up, that's um, all part of the yeah. same yeah, collection. Yeah, it's just part of the same. Okay. My understanding is part of the same yeah, collection. Yeah. Um, and it actually is pretty cool because you can mm-hmm. see tons of different types of aircraft. Um, there's a small display that kind of tells a little bit of the World War II story here mm-hmm. on base. And then it qu- pretty quickly gets into the ICBM mission. Um, and probably one of the big displays is there's a Minuteman II console so where the missileers would sit. And you kind of get a sense of what their workstation looks like mm-hmm. in the launch mm-hmm. control centers underground. Mm-hmm. Very cool. And that's, um, it, maybe you don't know all the details to this, but it the public wants to go on. That's an appointment. Yeah. Appointment-based thing because we get people who come mm-hmm. who want to go on to they the base. They want to visit Malmstrom Air like, Force Base. And like you can't do that. Well, I think, again, this is something clear with Rob mm-hmm. um, because I think it, part of it was appointment because of COVID, yeah, right? So sure. we, we kind of started opening back up and letting people back on. I think that was part of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other part is if you don't have a, a DOD retiree card or an active duty card yeah. or I have a the, my civilian equivalent, right? Uh-huh. You'll have to go through security, mm-hmm. which it doesn't really take much. They kind of write your information down. But right. if he knows people are coming ahead of time, he can get that, that Help control you with center. That process yeah, more. Where, it's mm-hmm. a li- where it's a little bit quicker, so you're not necessarily have to yeah. wait around for however long it is to, to process. Because sometimes there's no one there, sometimes there's 30 people that are trying to get in. Yeah. And it's just, you don't know till you show up. Yeah. And is it right? Our Canadian friends can't go on, correct? You have to be an American not citizen? Correct. I no. do not know. Okay. <laughs> no foreigners. Well, you get to be the expert for a moment. Yep. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't know how long that's going to last, yeah. but well, time's currently, passed. <laughs> currently yeah. no foreigners allowed. Yeah. But you can go. <laughs> Which is, I got to tell you this funny story. We had this great couple in the office talking about going to Malmstrom Air Force mm-hmm. Base. And they were from Canada, but he was of Japanese descent. Oh. And so when we were talking, he's like, yep. there's a museum at Malmstrom Air Force Base. I said, there is. But you are not allowed out there. And he's like, what's wrong with a my kind? And I'm like, (laughs) and I started laughing and he was joking. He's making a joke of it. And I said, well, we don't like Canadians out there. And he's like, oh, Japanese are fine. (laughs) Like, (laughs) if you're born in the U.S., you are fine. (laughs) But yeah, Yeah, they were. So that's a current situation Mm -hmm. out there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's all I know about that. Yeah. But you can learn. You can go on and mm-hmm. if yeah. you're American learn some citizen, stuff. go on and learn. And Rob's a wealth of knowledge, too. Yeah. I mean, he's got a whole spiel on the front and the back end and stuff. And so if you if you actually are able to um, schedule um, and he can kind of set that up and give you mm-hmm. a really good, you know, spiel on the front end, mm-hmm. you know, and then kind of walk you through depending on how busy the museum is. Yeah. So as a historian, you don't create displays at the museum? Well, no. So... So you just this, write papers? More or less. So, <laughs> so it's interesting, right, is that so for the Air Force History Museum program, um, so every wing in the Air Force has a historian position. Now, whether or not it's filled is up for, you know, mm-hmm. that, that, that varies. And then kind of the different um, echelons up. So like numbered Air Forces, like, so ours is based out of F.E. Warren and Cheyenne. There's mm-hmm. a historian position there. And then you go up higher and some are big offices of five or six people. Some are two people offices, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um if I if we didn't have a museum on base, I would probably be be doing a lot more museum type stuff. Uh, okay, um, and so it, it's it's one of those things when I talk to other historians that do not have that, they do a lot of that stuff. So they're probably doing and they and it's kind of one of those things that their base or their wings kind of buildings is kind of their museum. And so they work. You know, I've talked to a bunch of folks who's like, oh yeah, I did this one over in the education center about the history of the education program. And mm-hmm. then here in the command center, they wanted this kind of your standard 
you know, then there was the Air Force and then blah, 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 you know, and kind of do a lot of stuff like that. I did have an opportunity um, this year. I worked with um, Alex Stevenson in public affairs, and we created a essentially museum-type display in the hallway that leads to the Wing Command suite. And so we did our best to try to capture the history of the missile wing, mm-hmm. kind of from a, a narrative standpoint, from the stuff I'd research and write. Um, and then he actually found it's pretty cool a clock, and he has it set to the date and the time when the first Minuteman ICBM came on alert. And oh. it's at like 59 years, you cool. know, so and so months, so many days, months, yeah. minutes, wow. and it keeps rolling up. It's actually it's a pretty cool display. That is cool. Um, so I was actually happy to have an opportunity to um, work on something like that because I really haven't been able to since I've been here because yeah. um, it just wasn't asked for or needed mm-hmm. because Rob does a lot of that uh, kind of the public history stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one of the cool things that I think, um, well, I don't think it is the coolest thing, I think. <laughs> um, we had the Berlin Airlift Veteran training mm-hmm. happen mm-hmm. here. And that wasn't, was that a, I'm just going to use terms that I have no idea what they mean. <laughs> Go for it. Mm-hmm. Was that a mission here? Yeah, so that, so there is a, in the 19. 19- Basically from, so that was, in, I think it was in 48. So from basically the end of World War II up until the Minuteman, there's a lot of different units and missions coming in and out of, of now Malmstrom Air Force Base. Mm-hmm. Um, so many so that I've intentionally not looked in researching that time period because it's so complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it was a part of a mission here, and I, I ha- I've only looked a little bit into it, uh, mostly because I don't really have a lot of sources to work with. Oh. Um, but my understanding is the reason that mission got here, and, and it was only in operation six months or something like that, but every 30 days they replaced something like 13% yeah. Yeah. of the Berlin Airlift Air crews oh, wow. in Germany, right? Mm. And so they're just, they're tr- and that, that mission is burning through pilots and mm-hmm. air crews. And and so a lot of stuff, it was both like, what was it, the, um, both the, what was it, these terms I'm not good with. So kind of mm-hmm. like the the magnet magnetic approach, magnetic compass. I forget what it is. Something with actual directional stuff mm-hmm. that pil- pilots used to fly was similar to that in Germany. The terrain was similar. The the weather was similar. Hmm. And so they were actually kind of training in similar conditions. So it's a lot different to go be trained to fly in Phoenix, and then all of a sudden you're in cold, you know, yeah. north central yep. uh, Germany and going, well, my plane doesn't ha- handle the same way the because same, it's so yeah. cold, right? And so, and my understanding too, at, at some point on the runway, the, the the training outfit there that did that, they actually kind of erected a, a, a skyline yep. so they could, so that the air crews could practice flying over oh. and into Berlin because they needed something that would obstruct, so they have to practice yeah. flying over huh. uh, buildings and stuff like that to get into Berlin, um, either to land or to drop stuff mm-hmm. um, on the eastern side. So, Troy, if you ever want me to hook you up with some of the <laughs> Berlin Airlift veterans, mm-hmm. I can do that. Okay. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not connected. I got to hang out with them. They were yeah. here mm-hmm. for their reunion. So mm-hmm. a lot of them were here for the first time since they were yeah. stationed mm-hmm. here, if that's the correct term. Mm-hmm. Um, and the stories they would tell. Mm-hmm. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh! And then I felt like a worthless human being because <laughs> these 90 year old men are matching me pace, step for step. All day long, we're touring this entire community as to how they want to put this conference together for their people. Hmm. And this 93-year-old man says to me, he's like, well, we better get you home and put you to bed. It's been a big day. (laughs) 
And I looked at him, I'm like, I can still go, old man. I'm ready to drink all night long. And I'm like, don't make me feel worse that I can't keep up with you. But the stories he told, Mm -hmm. it was fun to hear history Mm -hmm. from the person who created it. Mm -hmm. Because it's a lot better than when you read it in a book. Well, that's actually one of the things. So I get to do a lot of oral history interviews. And and so a lot of stuff I research and write are like the stuff I I sent you. So things that happened back in the 40s and the 60s and the 90s. But also a lot of stuff I do is very, like, immediate events. So, like, I wrote a history of our public health response during the COVID-19 pandemic. So, mm-hmm. so what did we do from oh, a public health standpoint? Yeah. And how did it operate? You know, what were the the challenges? You know, how did the medical group try to address them? Mm-hmm. All this kind of stuff. And so so I get to do a lot of oral history interviews because there's only so much memorandums and emails and stuff will tell you. Sometimes, like, I need to talk to the person who ran the COVID-19 testing line at our yeah. clinic, right? And so mm-hmm. how did this actually work? Because it's not entirely clear. But for the um, the, the the Cuban Missile Crisis one yeah. I did, so I got an opportunity. And this this project actually started with this guy. Um, so he, 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 to my knowledge, he still lives here in town. He's still alive. He was like 88, I think, when I interviewed him. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was telling, so he worked not as a uniform guy, but as a civilian contractor who was responsible for um, quality control for all the communication cable that is spread. I mean, all oh, throughout, wow. all throughout Central Montana. I'm trying to yeah. get an idea of exactly how many miles. Um, Again, it's a lot. His own article, yeah, which is yeah. awesome. It's a lot. <laughs> Hold on, it's coming. It's an absurd. I've done a research paper one time, and then I read it later, and I'm like, God, I used to be smart. <laughs> <laughs> like that's that's Look what happens to me. I'm like, wrote. how did I do this? Yeah. There it is. 2,100 <laughs> miles of communication table throughout oh Central gosh. Montana, and so so he was a he. Sharp as a whip, and so is that the right word? Sharp as a whip? That's not right. Sharp. Sharp as a sharp as a tack. Sharp as a tack. Quick mm. as a whip. Quick as a whip. It sounded right. To it me. did okay. sound right until we saw, and I was like, "Well, I guess don't, maybe that doesn't make sense." Don't think too much. Okay. Just keep going. So, 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 so he was actually able to walk me through and and talk. Well, here, here's what we did. You know, here's how this 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 part of the the operation. Blah blah. blah. But he's also telling me stories. So, so he was based out of Lewistown for pretty much the length of that project. And so he was like, yeah, so, you know, we, we'd work 12-hour days, and, you know, when we got done for the day, you know, they'd go into the airfield in Lewistown, and that's kind of where their office was, and go, all right, you, you team of X number of folks, you're going out here today, out mm-hmm. by Hobson or whatever it is. Um, and then, um, you know, and so they got working, and then whatever the closest town was, they'd go and get dinner, have some beers, you know, if it was a Friday, maybe they have a lot of beers, right? Mm-hmm. So he's telling me the story no. where he's he's in Hobson, and I, I he told me the name of the bar. I, I have it on the oral history interview. I can't remember off the top of my head, but he was complaining about this loudmouth Texan that had came up and was working on the project and just kept running his mouth. Yeah. And he's like, I just hated this guy, and and so he ended up getting in a fight in Hobson, right? Where I think I don't know if he got the pull cue and smacked it up oh, his no. head or cracked wow. it in the, in the face with the cue ball or something like that. Yeah. But he ended up. I think he swung and he missed, and then the guy's friends jumped him, threw him out of the bar, right? And wow. it's, 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 it's like January, too, yeah. so it's snowing, it's cold, all yeah. this kind of stuff. So so he's all angry and stuff. He actually showed me a photograph the day after, and like you like you couldn't even recognize <laughs> oh, him. No. He was such <laughs> oh, a massive gosh. black eye. And so, so then he was like, well, I go back to Lewistown. I'm going to go to the Mint Bar, but that SOB mm-hmm. is still there. <laughs> 
He tracks them down in Lewistown, oh. and they continue the fight <gasps> into the night. Oh, my so, so they gosh. get back into another fight in Lewistown. Wow. Apparently, they were not finished with that fight. Well, I don't so think fights he... are just days and days yeah. and I days. I thought that's when men fought. He, he they just take... fought, and then they were done. No, no, no he, 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 he's like, I bet he's at the mint bar. I'm going to go. I'm going to go give you that <laughs> SOB. I'm going to go tell him what's what again. Oh, my gosh. Um, so so it's, it's a, being able to do oral history interviews like that, you – that doesn't always happen, right? No. But but a lot of people have some interesting stories yeah. that pop up. And I'm kind of like, ha! Well, <laughs> and it's, for me, you never expect someone who's doing the Berlin airlift or being on this strategic portion of <laughs> mm-hmm. a mission, having a beer. But they're normal humans. Right. All normal humans. I shouldn't say it that way, but yeah. people will have a beer. So it's mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. The gentleman I visited with was telling me about a time he'd snuck to the bar in Germany and was drinking beer and mm-hmm. then got kicked out. Oh. <laughs> or someone was coming in. He had to run out the back door and then ended up having to fly some dog food in like the next mm-hmm. morning. Yeah. Not 100%. And he's like, thank God, it was just dog food. <laughs> <laughs> But he also said like Lower he'd pressure. never missed a landing. So yeah. wow, because if you miss a landing, you you just keep going. Like yeah. you don't get to retry because it's every three seconds they were landing a plane. Mm-hmm. Holy yeah. cow! Yeah, yeah. That's... So I just kind of sat there. I'm like, tell me more stories about yeah you drinking and having to fly <laughs> dog food. <laughs> like, yeah, right. those are things that don't show up in the history book. No, no, and, and the things it's you not don't think quite of. the same. Also, it's different reading it. Than yeah. hearing it mm-hmm. from their mouth too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just looking at the guy. I'm like, but you're 93. I haven't always been 93. <laughs> like, true. Yeah, I guess that's true. I was in my yeah. 20s at one point. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I did stupid stuff too. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I'm still doing stupid <laughs> stuff. <laughs> so, uh, Troy, you also you so you work in the civilian side of mm-hmm. things now, but you were also uh, in. The Air Force as no, well. No, no. So, so, no? I was, I, so I was in the Army. In the Army. Yeah. Okay. And so the joke I tell is that uh, I'm, I'm an Air Force civilian who served in the Army, and his first Air Force unit didn't have any planes. Mm. So, <laughs> so if I, so my position also deploys, and oh, so okay. if I have to go to the, you know, the Air Operations Center in in Qatar or something, was it Qatar? Qatar. 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 I or just it? heard it. Abu Dhabi, I can't remember. I just heard it on the radio today. Cutter, yeah, and Cutter. Gadar. <laughs> but but I'd end up. I'm not gonna get involved. In this. <laughs> just let you both keep repeating it over and over. Cutter, cutter. But I would end That'll up. That'll be our whole episode. <laughs> I don't know anything about airplanes, yeah. so uh, they're gonna get there and be like, "This guy sucks." Yeah. <laughs> Why did they Air send Force? him? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wait. So your position as historian. Mm-hmm. Deployed. It's deployed. Yeah. It's deployable. Okay. Um. And so, so my my friend, he's the air Fo- the twentieth Air Force historian. And he did six months in Kabul as an Air Force historian. Oh and this gosh. was back in when was it? Eighteen. I think it's seventeen. Twenty seventeen. Okay. I think it was. But you don't really have to be a smart person in in uh, airplanes to know to to do history. No, no. But it helps to know the the, the lingo <laughs> and what kind of airplane is that? Yeah. Is that, and to know immediately. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Do there is that level of prominence i will say when you don't know what the plane is mm-hmm. like look at that plane like when we had the air show oh, and i'm yeah. walking around i'm like let's go look at that plane and my husband's like it's whatever the name of the plane blah, is blah, so blah, I'm like, yeah that's okay. lost on me i don't <laughs> yeah. care what the name of it is let's mm-hmm. just go look at it yeah, yeah. that's interesting have you been 
deployed in no, this position? No, not her? yet. Okay. Um, I was due up, but I was also dealing with a back issue, okay. thanks to the Army. Um, <laughs> and so I'll get cycled back through. I wouldn't be surprised if I get tagged for something in the next couple of years. Okay. I, they already told me as much. So, yeah, yeah. yeah you, you'll pop back up. You just kind of get cycled back through. When you go, when you get deployed for this position, mm -hmm. is it similar to serving kind of as a journalist at the oh. time when you're there? What does that look like? It, it's it's literally doing the same job here okay. and there. Are you following people around at the time? Are you out? Are you? How do you pick your subject matter? Yeah. Well, I mean, so so I'd pick it kind of this. Well, a lot of times it helps when when some colonel general goes do this. Yeah. Okay, yeah. that's easy. I don't <laughs> like, have to think about it. Yeah. Um, but for me here, a lot of what I I and I say I choose to cover, and it's one of those things. I'm the only person there doing this. So mm -hmm. if I'm looking over here, I'm not looking over there. Yeah. Right. And so a lot of it is I attend a lot of meetings. I, I read every piece of email that I get. Mm -hmm. I always try to get access to my commander's emails. No one's ever done that before, <laughs> but I keep asking for it. Uh -huh. um, and just kind of say, well, what are people talking about? What do I know are the big things that are happening? Yeah. And then I go after that information, and then as stuff pops up, you know, I'm like, okay, well, oh, now I'm over here. You yeah. know. And so there's a lot of kind of herding cats type thing with it. So you are working as much in the present as you yeah. are Correct. In the past. Yeah. So 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 I'm trying to chronicle everything the wing does from January first through to December. So you're 31st. researching but also yeah. in charge of recording Correct. what's happening Correct. now. Yeah. Yeah. And this is no do, big do, deal. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's I a, wonder if my incident got chronicled. <laughs> going to the blue room? No. Oh believe me, if you if you approached that I would have gotten an email. <laughs> it wouldn't have said you by name, but I've been like I know who I've this met is. This woman before. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This does not surprise me. Is she going after me. the porta potty? <laughs> so. That is not mm -hmm. for hunters. <laughs> oh I goodness. knew it wasn't. I think he was just trying Robert to get was me just trying to get you. Mm -hmm. He just wanted a night to himself. Oh, I guess. Get you in jail for Didn't a night. Want me to be around. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I was talking about the incident where I went to the visitor information center to get on base, and they were in some special Bravo formation and. Mm. I got kicked out and oh. my sponsor got mad at the people. I'm like, don't get mad at the people. He's like, I can do whatever I want. I'm like, I think they're just doing their job. <laughs> Probably. And then yeah. I got on base and I to was told never to leave the room I was in. I'm like, not a problem. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm good. Was, it, was that the active shooter a couple of years ago? No, this was quite a while ago. Uh, hostage negotiation, mm. something going on. Mm -hmm. but they just Training kept or real? No. So, so, so one of the things happened. So in my experience, there, 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 was, there was an active shooter. It was in the news. Yeah. Uh, this would have been in 19, I think it was. Yeah. And across my computer... Big red flashing lights, active shooter on base. Here's the building. Oh Shut your gosh. door. Get under your desk. I mean, lock down. I'm like, yeah. hey, lock, the, lock, I'm lock the door. Yeah. You know, and it was. But it was in the middle of an exercise. And the second that happened, I'm like, someone did not say, exercise, exercise, exercise. Yeah. We have an active shooter oh at building gosh. whatever it was. And that's exactly what happened. Because oh. they went back as like, do you mean extra? They're like, no, no. I was like, okay. So then the yeah the tactical response force comes out and they go from real world, you know, yeah. the, the exercise to oh, this is real. And yeah, busting in uh, windows and busting open doors. They're pulling people out of the building. Yeah. It, it was. I seem to recall I was working in mm -hmm. news in 2019, and I seem to now that you're saying yeah. that because I was like, I do not remember. I should I should remember that? But mm -hmm. it was yeah. that situation. Okay. Because my because my because my wife now girlfriend at the time yeah. she calls my office going what's happening Are you okay because yeah. she saw it on the news yeah and i was like I, let me I'll, I'll call you back yeah <laughs> i'm okay i'll call you i'm back. alive i'll call fine. you back yeah <laughs> nothing <laughs> out of the norm here yeah. today honey <laughs> yeah mm -hmm. 
Um, no, mine was, uh, I think, some type of hostage negotiation mm-hmm. training. It was a training. Okay. Um, but, you know, when you get into that world, they use words that you don't know. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. just I just do as I'm told. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm not in... I'm a, I'm a guest in that environment. Yeah, so. it's a totally different world. Yeah, when you're so there. like, yeah. ma'am, you can't be in here. We're in Bravo formation. I'm like, you're like, I don't. Okay, what does Bravo okay, formation? Super. Mean? So I'll yeah. stand outside. Yeah. Can I stand outside? Like, yeah. <laughs> can I be close to the building? <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah, it was an interesting training. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we got on base, and I was told not to leave the room. <laughs> it was fine. Thankfully, you knew from the start it was an exercise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 A lot of times cool. too, you'll see. There'll be exercise plaster all over the, the entrances yeah. and stuff. So, so if if you're not kind of, if if you don't familiar. work on base or, or live on base and you're not familiar with mm-hmm. it, you'll go, oh, well, at least hopefully, oh, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, they had a big sign up that said, "B." I don't know what was going mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, hey, <laughs> <laughs> no like, clue. You can't be in here. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Where should I go? So I don't. I'll just Get, go stand Be outside. part of the exercise. Yeah. Uh, so at Malmstrom, so it's a 341st missile wing at Malmstrom mm-hmm. Air Force Base. There's also then the Red Horse Squadron. Mm-hmm. What What is the Red Horse? What does that what does that mean? They are, there's me, also let a me, big... Let me reference let, the thing I wrote. Let me I reference wrote. my article. Let me <laughs> reference my own stuff here. Hold on. Because there's a big red horse statue up there. And I think, like, now that I've been in the community a while and I'm learning more about the military, I understand, like, that's part... The Red Horse Squadron is part of the 341st Missile Wing, which is the Mountstrom Air Force Base, which is this. But so, there's a lot of layers So 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 the, the, the Red Horse Squadron... So Red Horse stands for Rapid Engineer Deployable oh. Heavy Operation Repair Squadron Engineer. Oh, I didn't know the whole thing. Oh, well, of, of course. Of course, it does. It it's the military. Yeah. yeah, of course. So, it does. so actually, so so it, it 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 got to the base. I think in was it uh, fiscal year ninety eight, and it was one of the missions that um, at least congressional representatives for the state of Montana tried to get to replace some of the that had lost. Right. Okay. So it could have easily just gone to some other base, but for whatever yeah. reason, it showed up here. Um, and and it is actually what we call a tenant unit. So. It belongs, so so the 341st Missile Wing belongs to Air Force Global Strike Command, and that is the the command that does all of the nuclear, uh, the nuclear weapons in the world and stuff like that. Um, and so as a, so, so the, the 341st Missile Wing is the host unit, um, and the squadron is a tenant unit, which really what that means is they just take care of themselves in a sense. Okay. And then the wing takes does all the other stuff so all your mission support so your personnel mm-hmm. items your uh, uh morale mw what we call mw well i was called mwr um so think of it recreation <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> recreation um all of the medical stuff the three for first medical group that belongs okay. to the wing take care takes care of but because they're on base they then go see those pro- those providers okay and stuff like that okay yeah. and the red the red horse ha- so is everybody on base who is uh, not a civilian. Are they part of the Red Horse Squadron, or is that its own separate? It, it is its own thing. So it actually thing, it, it right? belongs to Air Combat Command. Okay. So that is your your fighter jets and stuff like that. Yeah. I don't know why it belongs to them. Mm-hmm. It, it just does. Okay. The Pentagon said, eh, put them there. You know, and so they did. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm sure. There, I'm yeah, sure there's we'll a reason. For, there's right. obviously a reason for it, but <laughs> nope, they no, no reason it. at yeah. all. <laughs> <laughs> so they belong to Air this Combat. This is how it happened. Yeah. And they're usually. I feel like those are the ones, at least that I seem to recall hearing, that get deployed 
more, or it's typically the Red Horse Squadron that gets deployed? Yeah, so, so, okay. so they rotate a lot. Yeah. I mean, the, the third word is deployable. Aha, oh. uh-huh. So there you it's go. just built oh, into the, the, the title. The well, D in Red Horse is deployable. Okay. It should just be deployed, because I've worked with a lot of uh, Red Horse spouses, mm-hmm. and those guys are gone a lot. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's I, there's a, a family at the end of my street where I live, mm-hmm. and um, he's a red horse because he's got he wears the red hats, you know. So oh, there you go. Uniform the red hat. So. Okay, very yeah, easy so. to spot. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> like we know. Yeah. <laughs> like we, yeah. Like so we so here's one for you. Yeah. Do y'all want some new new stuff? Yes. All Tell right. Us, so. I mean, really your episode tell us what you want <laughs> so so want. i can think mercy here so i'm assuming y'all know ken uh, robeson i yes. do so i i kind of thank him because he's done uh some some history of uh gray falls you know black residents mm-hmm. um and he's he's written one chapter one um uh and one, one book chapter one article about the ozark club yes um and so i'd actually talk to him trying to figure out well, what is there what else is there that i could kind of build upon yeah and so i ended up writing kind of a civil rights history of great falls with the the base at the Ooh. center of the story oh interesting okay so so it is currently and i'll leave you the draft well actually i actually won't leave draft coffee because i haven't been but it's unclassified it says it right yeah, there but it on says the draft paper. right there so draft <laughs> draft I can read through the gray yeah. um <laughs> And so, so when I first when I got this job, I ended up. So what ended up happening is I'd f- have folks come asking me about this and that, this and that, and I little I, I couldn't answer the question because I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wait a minute, I'm a historian, I can find out. <laughs> yeah, amazing <laughs> resource. And so, so what I ended up doing, I went through and I kind of identified time periods, and then a story that kind of correlates with that that block of time. Mm-hmm. So the World War Two one. There's a 1950s that has to do with the the Building 500, so it used to be a big radar system. That's the one that's really complicated that I keep putting off. Um, <laughs> I did the missiles, right? Mm-hmm. And I did the end of the Cold War, and then I did kind of a, a civil rights story. And I actually ended up, I started this, and then I put it aside for about a year and a half because I couldn't find source material to do the rest, right? Because oh. it's only about Great Falls. Mm. I can't make this about Montana yeah. because I'm doing it on the clock, and so the story has to touch the base somehow, sure, right? Or sure. the wing. Yeah. And so I, I finally solved my problem, um, <laughs> and it was Control-F and newspapers.com. <laughs> and, and so I ended up being able to tell the story about well, what does civil rights activism look like in Great Falls and what role did the base play? Mm. And so when Truman desegregated the military in 1948, you would you would have probably had something like, you know, 100, maybe 200 black airmen on base. And then in very short order, you had thousands on base. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. this was a place where which was not dissimilar in kind of racial attitudes as you would have down south that a lot of Great Falls residents weren't too happy to have this influx mm. of black airmen in the city. And so what you end up happening yeah. is two things. First off, the um, base leadership is actually very proactive in trying to get out there and kind of do the PR stuff going, mm-hmm. hey, listen, these airmen have money to spend. Mm. Let them come to your establishments. They're mm-hmm. serving the nation, you know, all that kind of stuff. But here comes... Alma Jacobs, right? She's involved yes. in this, and so she's a member of the Mon- so the Dun was it the Dunbar Art and Study Club. It was a branch of the Montana Federation of Colored Women's Clubs, and that was a, that was an organization that started in the early twenties to basically kind of be a community organization for Montana's black residents. It, it started in Butte, and then kind of all the mm-hmm. bigger cities w- ended up with chapters, mm-hmm. and. So they took it upon themselves to start lobbying state legislators to get some sort of anti-discrimination legislation passed in the state house. Huh. So they started in 51, 
by 55, they're, they're finally able to get something through. And what ends up happening with this one, unfortunately, is that it's kind of more of a declaration of principles going, you know, Montana will not tolerate this. There's no enforcement mechanism. Wow. Right. So you could just keep on doing it and huh. you're not even gonna... though we don't like it. Exactly. Right. No. And so, I mean, that was a political consideration. Mm-hmm. That the, you know, the legislators had to had to had to had to take into consideration. Mm-hmm. So pretty much the Great Falls delegation was on board. And I think it was I think everybody, both senators and representatives voted in favor of it. Um, but it, it narrowly got through. But they kind of had to water it down to get something through. And so so we fast forward. Right. So because there's no enforcement mechanism, right, we still have rampant discrimination towards black airmen and their families in town refusing to rent um, Mm. Mm. uh, rentals and apartments to people, um, just ceaseless harassment in stores. You know, hey, you can't come here. Right. Mm. Black, we do not want you in our establishment. Right. So this keeps on going through um, at least the 70s. And so in 1967, you have uh, Gerald, Geraldine, Tra- Geraldine Travis. Um, so she moves here with her husband, um, and she ends up. Her husband ends up retiring out of here, and but she gets involved in civil rights activism the second her feet hit the ground. So she's hmm. integral in starting uh, the state's first, and to my knowledge, only chapter of the NAACP was here in Great Falls, Montana. Oh wow! And it serviced. Huh. Uh, 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 other members and in, in, in black residents and. North South Dakota, Wyoming, mm-hmm. and Idaho, and Montana. So it was the only wow. chapter, kind of at least in the 60s and 70s, wow. for the okay. services entire region. Um, and a lot of airmen were, were a lot of the um, the people that really got it to go. They, they did a lot of the legwork, and mm-hmm. they, they populated the roles and stuff like that. Um, but she ended up parlaying this, this early activism to becoming Montana's first, and I think only, black legislator. So she's elected to the Montana State House of 75. She serves in 76, and her, her constituency is Malmstrom Air Force Base. Huh. And wow. so it's an interesting thing, that how, not necessarily how she gets elected, but you essentially, because most folks are registered to vote elsewhere uh-huh. and wherever their home of yeah. record is. So she pretty much had to convince uh, 37 people to vote for her, and she goes to the State House. Huh. Um, and so she only serves one term. She ends up losing uh, the next term, and then she runs two more times. Um, by the early 80s, the state uh, reapportions the district and cuts Malmstrom up because what you end up having oh. is 100 people electing a representative to serve 6,000. Uh-huh. And they're like, yeah, people are not very happy about yeah. this. And so a lot of huh. people in the state house and stuff knew that. But um, she was a really interesting character. And she was here until, I think, 89, and she moved to Phoenix uh, hmm. with her daughter. Um, I think she's still alive. Ken said she's still alive. Hmm. Um, I tried to call her to do an interview, but I, I didn't get a response. I'll try again. Yeah. Um, because I know when I call this federal government on the idea. Yeah. And so most people are like, mm. <laughs> like uh, no thanks. Well, even yeah. when we call, when Shan's like, hey, want to do a podcast? Nobody answers their phone. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. We're a fun time. We, yeah. mm-hmm. So, so that, this is the new one. So, yeah, that's so the new I, article. I, I'll try to get it published here in the next year or two. We'll okay. <laughs> next year or two? We already have a draft. There's the draft right there. Yeah, but it has to go through peer review and I got to revise it. Oh. And it's go to page proof. Wow, we really got print. that. I feel honored, though. We got a this is early where breaking review stuff of this. happens. This <laughs> podcast, actually, I think Ken Not is the only the other news. person that's read this. Really? Yeah. Wow. So, uh, big question then: mm-hmm. How many people during that time were actually stationed at Malmstrom Air Force? I Base? could never get a solid number because mm-hmm. um, a lot of what I was relying on was actually the newspapers and not mm-hmm. the records because the records and like like. There has to be a story in there to write the history. And yeah. If there's not one, there isn't. Yeah. And oh. so, so it was kind of in the the heyday. You would have had 
probably equivalent of two wings. Not saying that there were two wings there, uh-huh. but it could have been upwards of, if you include like dependents and stuff like that, eight thousand people. Wow. Oh wow. So so more a than lot I big, thought. A lot bigger yeah. than what it is now. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A it's lot bigger. Like yeah. Well, we lost the odd squad. That yeah, odd squad mm-hmm. went away. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I have since. No idea. <laughs> So since you uh, kind of a, to, to wrap things up here, we were talking about the past, but you also focus on the here and now and, and, and recording what's happening. We have some things happening here with Malmstrom in the next uh, the oh, near future yeah. here, the mm-hmm. next couple of years with the change uh, in, in revamping uh, our, our missiles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whatever with Northrop is. Grumman coming in for that mm-hmm. contract. Uh, what what can you tell us or what can we expect here in the near future with uh, what, what we can see what at What kind Malmstrom? of paper are you writing about yeah. this? <laughs> well, the one thing I can say for certain mm-hmm. is that there is a new minute, uh, excuse me, not Minuteman. I think it's more the Sentinel. Yep. That is coming to Malmstrom. Okay. And, but you already knew that. Yeah, it was. I've heard it on the radio. <laughs> so, 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 so again, look, nothing breaking here. Yeah. So, so, so it's actually interesting, right? And this is actually how it felt during the, the COVID nineteen pandemic. Yeah. Is it is cool to be a historian during something that's quote unquote historic? Mm-hmm. And so, for uh, I keep wanting to say GBSD because that's what it was before it became Sentinel. Yeah, is that ground based th- strategic air defense deterrent? Deterrent. So close. So close. Got the words. I just yeah. can never get them into order. <laughs> no, but 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 the thing with this is that there's a lot of just what we call hurry up and wait. Mm-hmm. So a lot. I mean, like it's still being designed, and so you know, it's it's. I don't even know how long it's going to be before there's folks here to really seriously go. All right, let's start yanking stuff out of the ground. Yeah. And putting, so it, it's a lot of kind of fits and starts. So the most recent thing would have been the environmental impact statement uh, meeting. So there's one here, there's one in Lewistown mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But that was kind of, there was a lot of coordination and stuff to that. That's done. And then I wait. Mm. Until well, the next thing. And I, I honestly, I do not know what it is or when it is. Yeah. I think the interesting thing about this is the the interaction it has with the economy. Mm-hmm. Like how much yes. it takes a yeah. community effort to make this happen as much as a military mm-hmm. effort. Because I know... Our friend Tracy Hauk, German. Sorry, Tracy, if I ruined that last name for you. <laughs> I'm just not used to it yet. Um, Tracy is working to get businesses aware and on board mm-hmm. so that they're ready to bid on things to help mm-hmm. support mm-hmm. things like housing yeah. and um, supplies and yeah. all that kind of stuff because it's going to be like the creation of a whole mm-hmm. new mm-hmm. system. Well, it's my kind under- of a big deal. Yeah, my understanding too is that Northrop Grumman tends to get involved or invest in the communities that they come into because it's not just a quick in and out mm-hmm. for the for the people and jobs that it's bringing in they don't just eh, mm-hmm. fix it and leave like they yeah if yeah. you have a presence North for a while Grumman, uh, chairs always open if you want to be yeah. in the podcast studio expand <laughs> yes. it we've got great design ideas for it so mm-hmm. it could be your podcast studio oh we're no damn experts sponsored by <laughs> North Northrop Grumman experts yeah <laughs> perfect match yeah <laughs> Makes sense, yeah. <laughs> well, unless but, do you want them to sponsor your part, your podcast? They can do no. both. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a con. Well, no, I do that in my own time. Yeah, so there you go. <laughs> they can sponsor just you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Write our history in yes. addition to. Mm-hmm. So, how did you end up in this career path? Are you just a um, history nerd? Yes. So, <laughs> I, I've, I've, I've often kind of wondered that. So, I remember <laughs> back when I was in undergrad, the, my history classes. So, I had to take some genetic classes, and there's history ones. 
And they were the only classes I looked forward to going to. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh. And so like, like I was just like, yes, I love this. And so by my, at the end of my first semester, my sophomore year, I was like, I'm going to be a history major. And mm-hmm. I'll just figure it out after that. Yeah. Um, you know, and I joined the, the army, like I had been, like, like I said, to, um, because I just wanted to do Intel. I'd, was all the Born Identity movies came out. And I was like, I want to do that. <laughs> like, you know, and looking back on it, I'm like, perfect. who the heck wants to do that? It yeah. um, <laughs> doesn't look like a life you I want to do. No, absolutely not. Yeah. I have no idea where I am. <laughs> and and so e- even when I was in the Army, I was still reading lots of history books and actually studied mm-hmm. like African history and stuff from mm-hmm. undergrad just because I was like, this is completely new. What is yeah. going on with this? Yeah. yeah. And and so I did the Intel stuff in the Army. I did it as a civilian for a couple of years, but I kept coming back to the history stuff. And, and I was I was actually working in Afghanistan uh, in 2010. And towards the end of it, I was like, you know what? I'm done with this. I'm going to come back. I'm going to figure out something else. And so applied to like three MA programs in Virginia. I got into George Mason outside of D.C. Mm-hmm. Did that. Loved it. Decided to keep doing the – I was like, oh, go, go get a Ph.D. That's cool. Yeah. And so I went went back home to Memphis and did that. Um, and as far as this job here, it was just on USA Jobs, and yeah. I applied for a bunch of them, and I interviewed and got this one, so here I am. Here you are. And how long have you been in Great Falls for now? Uh, I got here, so just over four years, so I started okay. in July of 18. Okay. That's when I started this position. And that was soon after, if I remember correctly, that's when you graduated with your doctorate, correct? Your yes. PhD? Yeah. Well, yeah. actually, I, I finished it when I was up here. So okay. So I, I, I had a little, it was more the defense, and you just did it over Zoom. Gotcha. So I did that in October. Okay. I remember after doing that, I, I didn't feel nervous or anything. And then about four hours later, all the stress and anxiety of the last seven years just, just came you. out of me. <gasps> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, it was pretty bad. Felt but, good, though, when I was done. But then it was out, and yeah, we were done. done. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then we met shortly after that while I eavesdropped on a conversation that you were having mm-hmm. at the Keller Guys. Yes. So that's not weird at all. <laughs> yeah, not at all. And fast forward now, and here we are. <laughs> mm-hmm. All comes full circle. Yes. <laughs> Montana's just one big, small town with long True. roads. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Long Main Streets. That's the way it works here. So, obviously, there's a lot more we could talk mm-hmm. about or dive into. But is there anything else you feel that uh, that we should know the about Maelstrom? The big stuff. Yeah. Mm, no. Yeah. No. <laughs> nope. We've covered it oh, all. Actually, you know what? I'll, I'll tell you this one. So this. So the one I keep the the, the thing I keep avoiding writing about just because it's really complicated. Yeah. So. I decided to approach it as, what if I took UFOs seriously? Oh, boy. We've been, oh, boy. We'll have you back Be- Because, <laughs> right, there, there's a whole lore about UFOs. Yes. There has yeah. got to be stuff at Malmstrom. Mm-hmm. We have had this conversation on this podcast a number of times with mm-hmm. people that have no clue. But yeah. Shannon <clears throat> does have a lead on a, we'll call him a UFO expert. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to have them on the podcast yeah. so we can ask the <laughs> questions like, where are the missing film footage mm-hmm. where is yeah. it yeah well it's interesting too because because i mean i think in the last year um there there was at least at least in congress kind of pressing the navy and i think the defense intelligence agency, i can't remember to hey release release the the yeah. data yeah. Yeah. release the information so, huh. so it was actually that i was like what if i took this seriously yeah and I actually took it because it actually does coincide with a very groundbreaking radar system that doesn't work well i'm telling sense. you oh. so there are so many questions that I have regarding just the Mariani incident, mm-hmm. not just aliens in general, mm-hmm. but mostly why are you hanging out in the ball field? 
as a with, with your with your secretary. Yes, yeah, yeah. with a with a video camera. Mm-hmm. That's where my question. Huh, I don't start. know this. St- I don't know this story. <laughs> That's how the, why the Voyagers of the Voyagers. Yeah, I mean, I know that the I know that that they're yeah. named yeah. that because of an incident. Mm-hmm. I don't, don't I don't know this. Story I'll, I'll fill you in off the okay. air. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can also go back to the episode we did with Scott Letchery, and he yeah. shared with mm-hmm. us about the yeah. the weird incident. But I got to research before our UFO expert. Yeah. Yeah. There's some. That's where my questions start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it goes into further conspiracy theories on why all of a sudden is film missing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the military has nothing to do with it. Like, oh, we don't know. Sure. Must have just shrunk sure. in shipping. But I have a working hypothesis <laughs> that is not exciting. But but Come I think on. it. Yeah. What's the working hypothesis? So so the <laughs> semi-automatic ground environment radar system. So building 500, that massive building where pretty much all the offices are, was a computer. Okay. At one point in time. So like three floors of it was a computer. Oh, uh, right? yeah. That makes sense. And it was part of Back a, the, in the day. a yeah. radar system uh, for air defense that was part of a big network. So there are a lot of these scattered all throughout the U.S. But its whole purpose was to try to detect Soviet long-range bombers coming into North American airspace. So there was coordination mm-hmm. with Canada with the distant early warning line way up in the Arctic and stuff like that. And so the radar system... Was it was groundbreaking for computing and all this kind of stuff at the time, but it was also not very good, right? It's that like like when yeah. a new car comes out, don't buy the first year model, right, buy like the fifth year model, yeah. let them work all the kinks out. And so what I so what I suspect from a a take all the fun out of it standpoint <laughs> is that these UFOs like UFO just means unidentified flying object, right? And so yeah. when you're dealing with a radar system that is not doing all you really want it to do, probably because the technology hasn't caught up to what you needed to do, mm-hmm. right? Something will show up. You'll send fighter jets to go see what it is. There's nothing there. Yeah. <gasps> oh no! It's it's aliens. It's UFOs. Blah, blah, all yeah. this kind of stuff. So, so actually, yeah, yeah. I don't like your hypothesis. <laughs> <laughs> it's not so fun. <laughs> I just think if Hollywood is going to make as many movies as they do about aliens, there's something out there. Mm-hmm. There's, oh. and you're probably going to poo-poo that just like you do ghosts. <laughs> but I'm saying. I can't, we can't be alone. If we're going with, because Hollywood made movies about it, we're kind of in a world of hurt here. (laughs) You know it mirrors life. (laughs) I'm waiting for Jurassic Park to come real now. We probably know that technology exists, but let's not do it. So, so unrelated, so when Jurassic World, the the, the first of the new with with Chris Pratt came out, so I went to go see it. I forgot who I saw it with. I enjoyed it. It was a great movie for what it was. But I remember there at the very end, so you have that, that, that. That, that that dinosaur they engineered running amok. Yes. And then you have Dallas Bryce Howard going, uh-huh. open paddock 39. Yeah. And they go there and it's all dark. And she flashes the flare. Yes, the flare. And at the top of my lungs in that movie theater, I scream, <laughs> it's the T-Rex. <laughs> and the T-Rex comes barreling oh out of there. God. Oh, yeah. I was so excited. Yeah. <laughs> it's the T-Rex. I wish just I could have been in that movie At the top of my theater. lungs, I scream that. That's amazing. And then, boom. <laughs> <laughs> Out comes a T-Rex to go kill the whatever that thing was. You yeah. cannot deny with the genetic modification and playing we do with science no, in that realm I'm sure. that this has not happened yet in some <laughs> yeah, I'm shape sure or could, form. Maybe we can learn a lesson from Hollywood in this one and say, eh, maybe let's yeah. not. I'm just saying. I'm sure it exists. We just don't know about it. It's classified. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's a military conspiracy. Mm-hmm. There are so many spots in Montana that you don't can't get to that I think there's a whole Jurassic World hanging out can't somewhere get to here. Because it's someone's ranch. Yeah. And they have baby T Rexes on their ranch. You don't know. I mean, I would 
hope they would have a very large cage or something. They got some fences. Yeah. I do. When I was driving up there. <laughs> Concertine <I> put, wire. <laughs> but, but when I was moving up here, so I drove through Cheyenne up. Because uh-huh. um, my dad was in Oklahoma City, so I kind of made a tr- made a trip, uh-huh. long road trip out of it. But that stretch from Cheyenne, pretty much all the way up to Billings. Yeah, I'm driving through there, and it's rainy, and it's still it's so springtime up here. Yeah, and I keep looking. I'm like, I keep waiting for a T Rex to come running yeah. across yes. the interstate. It's completely well, possible. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's lots of their bones out there. Mm-hmm. Have you been? I just told this. We were just so we recently had. Um, the symphony executive director and conductor emeritus on the podcast. And there's a John Williams, um, October one, October 1st concert coming up. Mm -hmm. So John Williams, the composer of the music for Jurassic Mm -hmm. park. And I just told this story here. So have you been out to Ryan Island? Um, the Great Falls, Ryan, Ryan Island, the the, the park with a little suspension. Okay. I was just telling them that my husband, I recently like rewatched all of the Jurassic parks Mm -hmm. and that, bridge out there that you cross Mm -hmm. that has the like wire and gate with Mm -hmm. the foliage all over it Mm -hmm. does that not remind you of the bird cage from jurassic park Mm -hmm. was it two two or three it just reminded (laughs) i just believe them i just watched them but it reminds me though like you're talking about driving through Mm -hmm. this and imagining a t-rex i'm out there walking doing a little story collecting Mm -hmm. content for our social channels and i'm like just waiting for a bird to come down just as the pterodactyl pick her up and yeah i'm like thankfully it's bright and sunny right now if it was her husband i'm like yeah last time she she was at ryan island she was in the best of luck the new bird cage yeah Anyway, it just reminded me of that, mm-hmm. of seeing yeah. Jurassic Park things everywhere now. I do like Ryan Island. That's really it's a, yeah, it's yeah. a hidden gem. You got to because you got to you got to make the effort to go out there. Yeah. Well, in the drive, you're looking. You're like, this is just mm-hmm. where am I headed out here? Well, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I remember I stumbled upon that by by sheer chance. So when I first moved up here, I kind of came to our office. We'd have told you all about it. <laughs> just just <laughs> FYI, yeah. I was the Keller guy. She could have told me that. Yeah. I could have, but Ooh. I was too busy True. listening Touché. to your stories. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, I move up here and, and I, I go, oh, I'm in Montana. Let me go hiking. Because yeah. it's just one of those things that you live here, you have to do stuff outdoors. For sure. You know, especially in wintertime. It makes the experience of living yeah. here a lot more enjoyable. And so basically all of the, the north side of the trail, like I've hiked, not not in one full hike, but I've yeah. done all of it several times over. Yeah. And it was just one of those things. I kept driving past Ryan Dam and I was like, man, eh, what the heck? Let me go see yeah. what it is. And I get there and I'm like. What yeah. the hell? <laughs> Isn't it not gorgeous? How did I? How did I what? Mm-hmm. You know, and it, and it's never. There's always people there, but it's never crowded, right? Because no. you got to make the effort. To yeah. Get out there. Yeah. yeah. No, it's a beautiful place. Yeah, we always tell people like words do not do it justice, no, and just really, go a see it. picture isn't mm-hmm. good enough to show. And we're like, no, it's worth the drive, even yeah. if the water isn't flowing heavily. It's right. really pretty. It's out still there. a really pretty experience. Well, and then you're like, well, I'm just outside of Great Falls, mm-hmm. and yeah. suddenly I'm here. It feels like you're yeah. in a whole other world. It does. Like Jurassic Park's birdcage. <laughs> Without Stop that scary. <laughs> that Rodan screech coming in my head. Yeah, oh. <laughs> so, Sound effect. Troy, will you come back and be a guest for us another time? Sure. Okay. I can't wait for <laughs> you to, to get recover your, from this you, experience. <laughs> I'm, I'm a hard maybe. Yeah. <laughs> can't wait for you to get. Yeah. yeah, when you finish your UFO story, come yeah. back yeah. and we'll convince you that your hypothesis was wrong. And when this becomes wrong. more than a draft and we can share it. Should be soon. I can email it to you once once it gets Perfect. approved. Yeah. Oh, that you does said three me. to five years. <laughs> now all of no, a no, 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 no. So, so, so this. Okay. So, so, so let me explain how this works. So, so I write these research paper e ones, right? And so these are the in-house documents that I circulate throughout the entire Air Force History Museum program. Okay. Um, 
I also write all of these with an eye towards trying to publish them. I can't publish them all, yeah. but I try to publish them all. And so this one, I think I can. And so I'll get back in contact with Diana Stefano, the editor for the Montana Magazine of Western History Plug, yes. um, and go, hey, what do you think? And then she'll go, oh, yeah, add this, this, and this, send it back to us. I was like, okay, done. Yeah. Peer review takes six months, and then it takes another six months to print. Okay. I feel honored. He sent me a, you can read it. That one, right? You sent me this, or was that? No, a, no, I sent oh, you. Oh, you the, sent me that one. Yeah, it had the same one, yeah. cover picture. Oh, yeah, it all has the same Dang cover. It. Stuff, yeah. <laughs> Don't try to be cooler than me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, where can we find? We'd like to be able to share your already published articles Ooh. with with others. How can we do that? So the easiest way, because I don't have a website. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm working with our public affairs to kind of build a, yeah. a part on our webpage because mm-hmm. there is a, a history tab. Uh-huh. And I've been talking to them about, well, what do we need to do? Because we don't, my understanding, they don't manage the actual, all the all of the website. It's all done mm-hmm. yeah. higher and stuff like that. Uh, and so hopefully I'll find a place to hang all that stuff sooner or later. But right now it's very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, arrogant. Um. But uh, <laughs> go- Google my name. Okay. And I have an academia.edu page. Okay. And so all the stuff that I've written that is either kind of in a draft form or published formally, it's, yeah. it's on it's on there. And you can just go hit download and download it to your computer and, and read it if you want. Perfect. Sweet. And I can attach that to the show notes. Yeah. And I, if podcast, you want, I can, I'll, so. I can send you a link to it just when I get back to my office. Perfect. And then you can just throw that in the show notes. Right. Because if you're interested at all, it's worth exploring and looking into, mm-hmm. looking further into his uh, articles and then uh, the thing we completely didn't even mention is the birthday or anniversary of the yes, air force so in context yes so this podcast so this coming out fun. right two days before so the official mm-hmm. birthday or anniversary of the air force is september 18th and so happy birthday air force and like i told her i did not know that. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of things she tells me that i did not know <laughs> Like I don't know if that's good or bad. Day. I don't know. <laughs> well, I'm going to go with it's fine that I don't know when National Ghost Hunting Day is. I should have probably known this when This is Meltzer's. cooler than that, though. Yeah. This is it's a, a real cool. thing. <laughs> this is a real thing. Air Force's birthday. All right, now. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it isn't that old because the Army had it first, mm-hmm. and that's just the way it goes. So, and so there's a whole planes thing, too. Yeah. yeah. Those the had to technology. Be yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> We're an Air Force base now and don't have planes, yes. so what's the difference? <laughs> I'm like, why? Um, so, so the 75th anniversary, yes. if you want to dig more into the history of the 341st and Malmstrom Air Force Base and mm-hmm. Great Falls Air Base, whatever we're calling it, <laughs> all that is contained in Troy's brain, which he yes. then <laughs> shares papers on. So yes. everyone has an opportunity to fall in love, and become more emotionally attached. And we didn't even talk about the first military mission to Montana, and that's what we'll save for another time, which was Lewis and Clark. Yep, that was a military mission. Oh, so, folks, look at that plug. a lot mm-hmm. of fun coming up. And we will say thank you for all of those who, who serve and are part of Malmstrom that's and part true. of the Montana Air National Guard and help make our community what it is, because both contribute a lot to, to those of us who live here in our community as a whole. so Yeah, and being willing to serve is a heck of a 
thing because mm-hmm. I didn't do it, and I appreciate those <laughs> that did. So I didn't. Oh, have those to. old men let you know. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. they do. <laughs> yeah, they tell you to go to bed at eight thirty. Yeah, because be like, it's been a big don't try day. To, don't try to keep up with us. <laughs> I will say too. I, we've been talking about Malmstrom, but uh, Montana Air National Guard just recently had um, a group that was deployed overseas return back home, and I happened to look up into the sky when I think it was like five of the C one thirties that have been deployed were flying home, and they did a flyover um, of the guard before they landed and met up with their families, but just happened to look up and see them when they were returning. I was like, oh, I bet the, I wonder if they're returning home because they're only like two C-130s right now because they're all deployed. And yep, so they just came home. So welcome home to that crew as well. So a lot of military history, a lot of mm-hmm. fun. Plan your trip to be here September 18th on the 75th anniversary of the Air Force um, so that you, if you're resident of the United States can, can tour the museum. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you, Troy, for being yes. on here. Thanks, Thanks for, for putting up with our, you know, subpar podcasting abilities. Mm, just general knowledge. Um, <laughs> we don't have doctorates, which yes. should be obvious to anyone <laughs> by episode 90. <laughs> yes. We don't really have a clue what we're doing, no. but it's been yeah. fun. Yep. There you go. <laughs> So thank you all for listening, and until we see your bright, beautiful, smiling, happy face here in Great Falls, we hope you are creating amazing memories with your friends and family wherever you are. Bye-bye. We are no damn experts, as the recorded claims from Great Falls, Montana, covering what you need to know about this amazing damn town.